Andrea was the new girl in the neighborhood. Matthew met her on the community playground. She was sitting under a tree, combing the hair of a doll with her fingers. He walked up to her and said hi. She looked at him and smiled. Hello. Is this your doll? She nodded. His name is Curdy. He has pretty hair. He's a boy. Boys don't have pretty hair. Yes, they do. You have pretty hair. Andrea and Matthew were sitting at the dining room table, coloring. Her doll, this one, Samantha, was laying on the table next to Andrea's masterpiece in progress. Andrea looked over at Matthew. Matthew? Yeah, he said, still focused on his picture. What color are your eyes? Without looking up, he replied, blue. They were brown, and that night Andrea told her mom so. The two kids were watching TV in the den. On the floor between them, Sally was propped up by a couch pillow. Matthew's mom walked into the den to check in on the two. She saw Sally and picked it up. Andrea watched Sally rise from the corner of her eye. Such a beautiful doll, Matthew's mother remarked. She touched the doll's long red hair. It felt so real. Beautiful. Where did you get this, Andrea? My mom made it. Your mom made this? Yeah. Tell your mom I said it's beautiful. Andrea turned and smiled up at Matthew's mom. I will. Andrea's mother poured her daughter and Matthew another glass of apple juice. Thank you, Matthew told her. You're welcome, Andrea's mother replied. Such perfect manners. She twisted the cap back onto the bottle, watching the boy gulp down his drink. And such nice hair. Andrea set her glass down. Mom, can we have some cookies? Now, Andrea, you know you can't have any cookies with your condition. But Matthew wants cookies. Then Matthew can ask for cookies. Andrea pouted and looked at Matthew. Ask her for some cookies. He turned to her mom and asked her for some cookies. Andrea's mom opened the oven and pulled out a sheet of peanut butter cookies. She set it on the table in front of the boy. Now dig in, Matthew, and don't let Andrea have any. Okay, he said. He snatched up a cookie and wolfed it down. Andrea looked on with greedy eyes. Her mother stood behind the boy, watching her daughter. Have another, Andrea pleaded. The boy did have another, and another, and after his fifth one he stopped. He drank some juice. Andrea's eyes never left him. She kept swinging her legs in her chair, back and forth. Are you all right, Matthew? Andrea's mother asked. The boy's hands rested on his glass of juice. His brown eyes stared straight ahead. He removed his right hand from the glass, but it fell limp on the table. Andrea reached over and poked his cheek with her small finger. His stare was still dead ahead. She looked up at her mother and said, He's ready. Andrea's mother led Matthew's mother into the kitchen. Cookie? Andrea's mother gestured to the plate of cookies. I made them today. Matthew's mother sat at the table. Sure, 
Thank you. She took a cookie and ate it. They had to leave town again, the mother and her daughter. The girl had a doll in her lap, almost the size of her own small frame. The doll, a boy doll, had short, straight brown hair, beautiful hair, and brown eyes. Taking up the entire back seat, underneath a white bed sheet, was something for the mother. He cut himself shaving this morning with an electric razor, 40 minutes before work. He might have run the razor over a tiny pimple or a weak patch of skin. It bled a little bead for a minute before clotting. It stung for a minute, too. He turned the shaver back on and ran a circle over that area on his cheek. Once. Twice. Again and again. Then he ran the shaver underneath his chin, down towards his throat, in a circle, over and over. He tilted his head back. The bead beaded up, not flowing down his cheek, not dropping onto the white sink basin. The skin under his chin was thin and dry before. Now it was red, raw, itchy. He couldn't stop. Circles with the electric razor. Under his chin, above his Adam's apple which bobbed when he swallowed deeply. His throat was dry. He had been holding his breath too. Not swallowing, not blinking. From the corner of his eye he saw the red bead on his cheek as he watched his $50 electric shaver that needed to be charged once a week go round and round. Over towards his neck. On the right side. On the left side, there was no hair there anymore. There probably never was any in the first place. He couldn't remember now. He was lost in no thought, no memory. He pushed and pulled the shaver along the deep red road under his bare chin. He held the razor away and looked up at his short brown hair that was in its usual morning mess. Short enough to brush back with his fingers and be done with for the day. Short enough to cut. Short enough to shave. He started out of the front left side and slowly mowed back. The shaver strained and threatened to overheat and stall. He pushed it onwards, towards the back of his head. He didn't pay attention to the bleeding on his throat, just to his scalp. He remembered to breathe again, and to swallow. It took a few minutes for him to shave the right side of his head bald. It was red and there were sporadic cuts which dripped blood. Dark red blood. It streamed off the side of his head. Not down the back or over his chalky red face. Now the middle. Back and back and back and back. His eyes were getting tired. He wanted to close them. No, no, not yet. Back and back. Stop back to the front and back again until the middle was gone hair in the sink clumps strands in the white sink his bloody throat itched and stung at the same time like his cheek with the bead something so small 
now the left side, back and bald. Johnny's mother knocked on the door. She could hear the low, stuttered buzz of his electric shaver. No answer. Johnny, she called out. You're going to be late again. She knocked on the bathroom door. Johnny? She turned the doorknob and pushed the door open slightly. The buzz grew louder. The door opened wider. Johnny, she gasped. His hair was gone. Only a few wisps on the sides remained, and they looked to be wanting to die. Johnny turned towards her, the shaver still in his hand and still buzzing. It hummed a one-note song. She saw the beat of blood on his cheek and his ragged underchin, like a chewed-up roll of newspaper, wet with thick crimson and torn into chunky ribbons. Johnny, she said. He advanced towards her, the shaver on and up. I got too close, Mom. It was on her, the shaver, when she remembered to scream. The shaver came down over her left eye by way of her eyebrow. She heard that one-note song, that sweet humming, and it got louder. Johnny sat in the padded room, on the floor, the gray floor, the gray room. He rocked back, forth, like that great mower, back, forth, up, down, again, again. They wouldn't give him anything to play with, to hold, to talk to, except a box of crayons. Eight crayons, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet. No paper, plain or lined. He had taken a liking to the green crayon. It was a welcome distraction from all his gray. The gray walls were bare. The padded gray floor was bare. On his bare, hairless arm, from wrist to elbow, was a single green crayon line. Johnny pressed his green crayon on that line, near his wrist, the starting point. He pressed hard and dragged the crayon slowly and smoothly up his forearm. 